Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today we're talking with Shannon Taylor of Awake But Still In Bed. Awake But Still In Bed released a new EP, Stay Who You Are, on December 25th, 2020. We recorded this episode several weeks ago, which explains speaking of the EP in past tense. We talked today about They Might Be Giants' 1990 album, Flood. Outside of speaking about They Might Be Giants, we also discussed Shannon's future plans with releasing music during a pandemic, and honestly, while under contract with a label that may or may not be defunct. I had a blast speaking with Shannon, but I still gotta Google to figure out exactly what Vaporwave is, so if you can help me there. Before we head into the chat, drop us a line at spinningoutpod at gmail.com. And head over to our Patreon link, which is patreon.com slash spinningoutpod, to get episodes a week early. And so no more delays, here's Shannon of Awake But Still In Bed. Are you vegan, or do you simply enjoy good food delivered straight to your door? Then you should probably check out Nourish. Nourish offers culturally diverse, gluten-free, organic vegan food for meal delivery and catering, all while enriching their community, employees, and our planet. If you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can find them at nourishcharlotte.com. If you're in the New York area, check out nourishdelivered.nyc. Nourish yourself. You deserve it. So, hey, Shannon, how's it been going? Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's been better. <laughs> um, yeah, I just work a lot at my job. Uh, I work at this vegan restaurant in San Jose. And um, I've been working on music a lot recently. Um, and... I, playing breath of the wild <laughs> okay yeah yeah and, yeah and i guess uh so what we're we're talking today about they might be giants's album flood from 1990 and do you yeah. recall the first time you ever heard this record Ooh, that's a good question so i'm gonna be up front for like the longest time um, I thought we were doing Lincoln by the Ivy Giants and not Flood. Okay. I think I meant to say Lincoln in the email. I didn't actually know that we were talking about Flood until about half an hour ago. Uh-oh. But it's okay. It's okay. They were both top contenders, which is why I probably made that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard them both a million times. So oh, okay. um, it's this it's the same thing basically. I was talking yeah. about either they're interchangeable in my to to me. But um just if I if I if I seem unprepared, that's why. And I think like the conversation with They Might Be Giants, um, there's like, I feel like a bigger conversation than somewhat, I don't want to say the songs they write so, because it sounds like condescending, but there's a certain kind of vibe you're getting on really most of their records. Like, you know, if yeah. you're in, you're in. And Lincoln, was that the album before this one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, uh, the first time I heard Flood, um, I must have been 
So I know it wasn't the first album by them that I heard because the first album I heard by them was The Spine because I learned about them. They might be giants from homestarrunner.com. <laughs> and if anybody's listening, um, who they might, they know, they know, probably know exactly what I'm talking about. If they know like Homestar Runner, um, they made a Homestar Runner made a music video for um, a song called Experimental Film and like that was how I learned about they might be giants, and uh, like when I was like I, don't know, I must have been like twelve years old, and I was like this is so cool. So then I yeah I I, I bought the album The Spine, and then um, after that like my brothers and I all got like I have two brothers, and um, we all got really into they might be giants when I was like really young, and. Um, it was like one of the only bands we could like agree on. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we kind of like dove into their discography, like as a group effort, which was like really nice. And I think flood was the second album by them that I ever owned or second or third. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, are, I would have probably been like 12 years old I think. Yeah. yeah and are your brothers older than you i have a twin brother and i have an older brother okay yeah um i was well I was thinking about like the homestar runner reference um uh, i feel like I, I was just kind of thinking like do people do like younger people uh do they seem to know who like what homestar runner is like has it in 2020, does that mean much to someone that is like, I don't know, we'll say 20? Probably not. It's I don't, unfortunate. I don't think so. I don't think it's like um, translated in that way. I think there might be a resurgence maybe in like sometime soon because I see Homestar Runner content on Twitter sometimes. Okay. Like I see people like referencing it and like making memes about it. So I feel like maybe within the next couple of years, we'll see like a resurgence of Homestar Runner, like nostalgia. Cause I feel like nostalgia is like a really powerful tool for like, um, not tool, but like source of like uh, cultural relevance, like, I don't know. I feel like uh, we were just like in this like strong period of like eighties and nineties nostalgia. And I feel like I'm seeing like two thousands nostalgia is like definitely a thing. Like all these people like, like two thousands emo bands and stuff. Now everyone likes my chemical romance now. And like, um, like this is just my, my dumb pet theory, but like, I feel like um, early internet culture will be something that is like people like it will be like people will have a lot of nostalgia for it and it will become a thing that people talk about more and that will be the you, you can't talk about early internet culture and not include homestar runner yeah. yeah i think that a lot of people are still stuck on the idea that everything is like a 90s revival when i really do think that we're already in the beginning phases of 2000s revival um yeah like low-rise <laughs> jeans are coming back baby <laughs> yeah. I I wonder with that because I have friends um that are just like I mean it's it's been a thing for a little bit I guess I've just been resistant to it where it's like wide leg jeans are definitely back but I do feel like it's like there it's not it's not being utilized in the way that I recall like wide leg jeans like I remember it being a really dumb looking thing <laughs> wide leg jeans do you like, mean like flare jeans or like just in a uh, I guess 
I think people think that's what they're doing are either they think they're like bringing back like lee pipes or something but it's really just like dudes with dickies on you know (laughs) like that's Mm -hmm. what the look is uh do you mean like baggy jeans i guess yeah baggy jeans okay i never um i mean i i obviously i never i never really like i don't understand the appeal i guess they're comfortable for some people personally i've never worn baggy clothes um, I don't think I'm tall enough is my problem you know maybe I'd, yeah to get into like baggy jeans I feel like I called it wide leg jeans because I feel like when I was younger and I wore baggy jeans they were like you know it looked like melted candle wax like is the way that we would wear <laughs> it'd be like going over my like DBS shoes or like any type of skate shoes but they were just like you know, an older brother's pants, like just kind of like weighing down on you was the look. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that probably uh, ties into They Might Be Giants at all, being that the album <laughs> you thought we were doing was from, I think, 1989 and Flood is from 1990 or something around that. Uh, well, yeah, they're, they're really close in time. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, very similar, only a year apart. but I think like uh one of the things I guess like when I think of they might be giants um for the most part like before you told me that you wanted to cover it like outside of thinking of them as like a band that did theme songs I didn't really think of them as like a band I would say honestly yeah I think a lot of people like when I tell them like that I like they might be giants they're like oh yeah they made the Malcolm in the Middle theme song yeah like yeah and they made 22 studio albums too <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like there's they have a ton like a fucking ton of material um but not that not to downplay their theme songs because their theme songs are pretty good but i personally i'm a fan of the first four studio albums and also all the albums actually yeah they're like my favorite band probably would you say would you say they're your like favorite band overall um probably like the thing about saying something like that is i don't ever listen to they might be giants anymore but like if you play if you put on a they might be giants cd the likelihood that i could sing along to every single word is like 95 percent um unless you play something from literally like within the past two or three years um but um if you play anything from like their first album all the way up to like join us uh I would probably know like all of the words to every song. I I haven't tested this, but like, yeah, I'm I'm assuming. So like the thing is, there I I say that they're my favorite favorite band, but to me that doesn't really mean anything because like I have favorite bands and like it's like a symbolic, you know, concept. It's not like real, but um, I say it just when someone asks you like, what's your favorite band? Um, yeah, I've been listening to them for the longest out of like any band that I currently consider good I guess yeah Yeah, I think that when you've listened to a band for this long you don't really have to have that like daily relationship with them like yeah it's like, like if if it popped in my head and then I had to think about it in relation to like my childhood uh, then I'd probably say something like Operation Ivy but it's right. like I don't I don't listen to Operation Ivy like I mean, 
I mean, sometimes it comes up, I, you know, but it's like, it, it's not a daily listen. It's not even a monthly listen, like might be once a year. So it's like, Hey, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I don't know. Then I have a giants uh, calling them my favorite band. is like easy, but what I mean, but they definitely are like, they had such a profoundly important impact on like just my musical, like, journey I guess you'd say like I feel like when I listen to them I was just listening to them today because I was like listening to Lincoln trying to get ready for that (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like yeah like this band like I like I I definitely didn't think their voices were weird when I was a kid um I thought they were like I just thought they had like unique voices but i didn't think that their voices were like outlandish or like that strange i now realize that like their whole demeanor is really weird like i i guess i already knew that but like listen it's like viscerally i'm like viscerally aware of it now like i was listening to this stuff as a kid and um my friends all hated it and i was like why they're they're dumb like why don't they get it this shit's so so sick well, that's that's what's. I I feel like I I'm surprised that your friends didn't like it because it feels like why why I feel like I can't totally relate to it is like this feels like something I should have liked when I was twelve, like and I would have loved it. So it's it's like I can't even I can't be condescending because there's straight up things that sound exactly this way, and you know to a degree that I love so much because it was like when I was like twelve years old. This is like built this music is just built to just pump directly into like you know like a you know eight year old to like 12 year old's brain like it depends on what you're talking about they're like there's a reason they're really good at making kids music but they also i think they just are like extremely good songwriters like i when i listened to them i didn't think of them as being like kid music at all like um you know they said swear words and stuff i just thought of them as like uh i don't know i just thought of them as like really weird and like but not i don't think i thought of them as weird and like like this is so crazy i i i think i thought of them as like interesting but um i don't know like when i was when i was 12 years old like all my friends were like oh dude this green day album and i i liked you know green day you know as a kid obviously um i still do actually but the cds i had were like flood by the movie giants the spine um, I had like one of their best of compilations and then I had like American Idiot, a Mark and Mission, a Brandis Scar by Dashboard Confessional and um, like Linkin Park CDs and like, I don't know, um, which eventually I saw listening to Linkin Park, but you, you know what I mean? Like, so like my, like, yeah. you know, I had like the used uh, self-titled album. So it's like, um, the, the, it was weird. Like it was, like, they were definitely like, you know, um, like they might be giants if we stood out, like, amongst yeah. the, like alt rock shit that I listened to when I was a kid. Um, uh, but um, I don't know, like they, uh, I, I didn't see them as that different. Like, especially with the spine. Like I saw the spine as like similar enough to like other bands, just like less heavy, I guess. Uh, you probably don't know what that record sounds like, but it kind of just sounds like a normal alt rock record. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's them kind of, doing what they do but i guess like more distorted guitars like 
yeah like full like yeah they have like full band there's still like weird stuff like they have this song on the spine if we're talking about the spine we should be talking about flood but um uh they have this song on the spine um god what the fuck is it called it's literally like a country like with like whiskey jar like blowing in a whiskey jar like bouncing like i think it's called stock of wheat um and it's literally like yeah it's like a (laughs) it's almost like a nursery rhyme um and it's like the arrangement is like you know you imagine like being on a like a fucking farm or whatever yeah yeah um and they have that just randomly in the middle of this rock album yeah stuff like that but like when i was a kid i thought that was super cool (laughs) yeah because it was like different you know yeah i guess that makes like if you would I'm, you know, not sure if this was one of the first ones uh, you heard, but the spine it, it came out in 2004. So, yeah. along with the other things that you were stating, you know that that makes that kind of makes it make a little bit more sense. So, like when you were going through like the CD collection, like American Idiot, and then they might be giants. You know, it's it. it I guess you're, you're right. It does kind of stand out. Um, but to a kid, I don't. I don't think a kid would differentiate thing so much you know i definitely differentiated like flood from other they might be giant stuff but i couldn't really understand why yeah um and it was similar enough that i still liked it and got into it so like okay if you had played me flood when i was like 12 i probably wouldn't have liked it but play me flood after i already got i already got into the spine and then it's like okay well i already like this these people i'm like i want to hear more of their stuff yeah Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think what actually happened was, and this is like me guessing because I I can't prove it, but I'm, I think when I think back on it, what I believe happened was found out about, um, uh, the Mighty Giants from Homestar, listened to the spine, um, got a best of compilation album, and then saw that a lot of those songs were on the album Flood too and then so i got the album flood yeah i'm pretty sure that's what happened or like maybe i saw on wikipedia that it was like their top selling like album or something either way flood was one of the first ones i got but um yeah but it wasn't the first one i got so yeah i don't know um it's yeah but the thing is that flood was really like i don't know it, it still was so like insanely important to me way more so than the spine like uh although i would say that all of the giants discography was relatively important to me at some point in my life but flood was flood and lincoln were really a big deal for me yeah i um when when we were talking about doing flood i actually played it at work and someone else at work was like you like they might be giants and i was like well i'm you know doing and they like knew everything they were just like singing along the whole time <laughs> like is that That's they, so i guess sick. i love that yeah and i was just like oh this is like a shared experience not that they're not like an obscure band but you know it, it just feels like a band that probably hits you at a certain point yeah, you know. it's weird because they're not an obscure band but they also are like yeah. if you go up to the average person they either don't know they might be giants or they know them but they know like some of the songs from like you know they know like um the theme song to Malcolm in the Middle and like maybe the theme song to like the Daily Show um they know like maybe they know like um uh like Birdhouse in Your Soul or like Istanbul or like um 
particle man or something, but like it's a special thing when you meet somebody who like you play them, they might be giants and they know all the words. Cause it's always some fucking huge freak nerd that like is, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I just, it's a, it's a very special moment. Cause usually if they're singing along to like one, they might be giants album. They probably know most of them. Like the only person I can think of, there's a couple of people I can think of, but like the number one person that pops in my head right now is my friend, Alex from the band sarcasm. We like were on tour together, both playing in another band called pity party. And, um, I found out that he liked they might be giants and we just like spent like an entire car ride, like listening to just like various they might be giant songs and singing along and it was great um <laughs> like a sleeper favorite band for you know people yeah it's weird because like if you're usually if you're into they might be giants you're really into they might be giants or, or you just don't know them at all like that's kind of like there's not really like there are people who kind of are into them but like i feel like it's more the case like if you know five songs you probably know hundred songs by them or whatever like you know what I mean like they I don't know that's just like the vibe I get they have a, they're like a culty band you know yeah and I feel like when, when you're I guess in a band like this or either you're a fan of it it's like overall there might be less people in the world that like them but the people that like them are like really into them so yeah, yeah. so it's like you're kind of like set up they're probably doing fine as a band because I bet like the type of fans that they seem to get you know we'll just like buy every shirt design buy every album when it comes out and they stay like you know pretty long-term fans it's like once you're in yeah your- i don't know I, I don't know i wonder how they're doing i'm sure they're fine yeah. they like make they make a lot of money from like um having their music played on like tv and shit like i think they did the theme song for like some mickey mouse show or they something. did I, I saw that um yeah it was like a 2000s mickey mouse club um thing they're they're doing fine i don't think they have yeah (laughs) yeah they've done a few children's albums as well it's like uh Mm -hmm. uh, like for numbers and abcs and and yeah it's here come the abcs here come the one two threes and here comes science i think it's the three yeah and then there's there's also no exclamation point uh which is a really interesting (laughs) album actually that song has some really good songs on it actually like for like unironically great songs like um four up two it's a great song um and then there's just some really strange like avant like i would almost say avant-garde music on that album uh there's a song called mop i think is what it's called um yeah and it's just like <laughs> i'm just oh my gosh it's so good it's like john Linnell just like saying mop over and over again but like or wait is that right okay it's violin it's okay. violin but yeah. he does say mop in it i'm not i wasn't wrong um he says mop but it's because the song is insane and doesn't make any sense um yeah. well it's not to me maybe there's some high concept behind it but i don't i don't think so they have so many records it's it's insane it's like they're they're like on par to beat uh guided by voices but i guess that probably isn't possible since robert pollard has like albums under like other names so well so did so did john linnell and john flansberg oh we'll have to figure out uh maybe we'll do it as like i'll put it in the outro or something we'll figure out like who has actually like more (laughs) records out there um (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's, it is kind of that fandom in a way um where it's like such a specific thing yeah. you know i think it's it's like something that kind of hooks you for life like you were what you were saying there like the mouth of the metal theme i did find out that they did the theme for like any i guess anytime like dr evil and the austin powers movie shows up yeah. like that's them yeah. so they did the dr evil theme um uh, and then they like you were saying the daily show theme that was i guess originally written by bob mold but the version that was played on daily show uh was performed by them they um, also did the i mean they did a million theme songs that there was this show on adult swim called um the uh oh god i i'm gonna say it wrong because i keep thinking um oh my god uh, I think it's the Oblongs. Yeah, yeah, Oblongs. I almost said Oolong, like that band. Mm, yeah. But um, yeah, the Oblongs. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like this, I don't know, it was kind of a weird show. Uh, I don't know. It was like a it was like a cartoon sitcom where like the family was like based near like a radioactive like nuclear power plant or dump site or something like that and they were all like disfigured it's really bizarre like concept for animated show but i guess it was the 2000s and shit like that was just like really common but yeah they did the theme song for that um i used to see them like a lot of times on tv i was like oh yeah they did the theme song for this too when i was a kid yeah i honestly i think it was a Early on, I was thinking, I was like, oh, they did the theme for Phineas and Ferb, but that's not them. That's Bowling Pursuit. Oh, yeah. And I think <laughs> they, like could a, have, they could have done that. Like They the, could have. Like They Might Be Giants has like a weird amount of like pop punk songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like, like honestly sound like, sometimes sound like Bowling Pursuit. <laughs> yeah. Like they definitely are like, I don't feel like you would get the bands totally confused. Like if you heard them back to back, you, you'd no, be able to but... pick it out. But they have like similar kind of trajectories and how their careers have gone in a way. Yeah, a little bit. I don't, I don't really know what happened to Bowling Pursuit. I know that they had like some songs I liked when I was a teenager, but I don't know what they're up to now. <laughs> I don't know what they do. They're probably doing fine as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to I, um, I actually, I can't, I can't even name like a song by them. I can't. I feel like when I think of they, they had that song dying. 1984, but right or 19, 1985. Oh God, I can't remember. <laughs> was that a B- bowling uh, for soup? Yeah, but was that a uh, influential band for you or not? No, as much? no, no. I okay. just liked some of their radio songs. I liked like radio pop punk when I was like 11. <laughs> yeah, 1985 is the. So. yeah 1980 i said 1984 because you know yeah. <laughs> i've i on the memory hole i've never read that book i don't know what i'm talking about i have no idea i don't know if like anyone should read that book i yeah. seems like a fine book but i don't know because i've never read it it could be bad <laughs> well i th- th- there's not really a problem with the book but i feel like there's certain books or things that people will just plug into everything you know, oh, and yeah. yeah, and it doesn't yeah. really mean anything to what I, <laughs> I recently, um, I recently, uh, like was thinking about this because I constantly see, um, people like, like people on the right wing, like conservatives calling everything 1984, 
like everything that they don't like is 1984. It's like really funny for some reason. It's like, I don't know why, like whenever you hear like someone who's like a, like some like conservative right-wing person, like complaining about like, quote unquote, like the left. And it's always like, they're always talking about like these neo Orwellian Marxist, like 1984 <laughs> thought crimes. And it's just like, oh my God. Well, what's funny is like, I'll see, I mean, that I feel like that's been a thing for a long time, but it's like, it doesn't make any sense when people use it like now because it's like the government is your government if you're right wing so it's like how is yeah. it 1984 if you know, yeah <laughs> I, I could talk so much about this i i should probably avoid politics though <laughs> i should not that i'm like scared to talk about it or something i just like i feel like the, if i do that it's the only thing we talk about so <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine, but I understand. I feel like we get enough like politics. It's like we get enough politics like now, but I also feel like I can't like stop myself, you know, because it's just like there's nothing else to talk about. And I I so, had like, to like I had to stop thinking about it to go back to working on music because I can't do both at the same time. Had to learn it the hard way. Like I spent most of this pandemic like absorbing po- political content and uh, like reading about politics and stuff like that. And I can't do that and also think about music. Like it's a different parts of my brain or something. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I can't do it. So like within the past, I, ha- I have to like work on music for a deadline and uh, um, and uh, I was just like, okay, I have to stop looking at like Twitter. I have to stop looking at YouTube. I have to stop looking at like news outlets and shit. I just have to stop like yeah so. so it's so for me to stop like obsessively obsessively looking at it then i need to have a deadline as well musically yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i should practice I do, my instrument I do, more yeah yeah i i literally went like weeks or like sometimes I, it felt like months without picking up my guitar um it maybe not months but it definitely felt like it it was at least weeks sometimes i would i would like yeah uh, which is crazy because like this last like week I've been doing nothing but every single day I come home and I'm like in my room in my quote-unquote studio like my home studio or whatever like making stuff so yeah. yeah well I'd say overall that's healthier than just like doom scrolling so absolutely yeah <laughs> so. absolutely I hate Twitter I mean I, I, I like it but I hate it at the same time it's, the it's weird that it is both Things. it is it, it is it's not just like a little bit of good and bad it's literally the worst possible thing and also extremely funny and entertaining and like i need it but i also hate it i've tried to go off of it so many times and i always come crawling back speaking of crawling back i'm gonna try and bring it back <laughs> to they might be giants let's uh, do it like let's this do is, it okay so do you ever have a time because i feel like i do this with any of my favorite bands where sometimes i'll put it on and i'm like this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, do you ever have moments where it's just not hitting you with them? Cause there's such a specific thing. It's like you. Yeah, definitely you, with They Might Be Giants, I would say, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I'd say it's like the worst thing I ever heard, but there's yeah. sometimes I'll listen to stuff. I'm like, this is silly. Especially if I put, uh, especially <laughs> if I have to play it in front of other people. Like um, one thing I never do is play They Might Be Giants in front of other people. Um, like, especially at work. Like I don't, play my music at work usually anyway because no one wants to listen to it like it just sucks i like have you ever like worked somewhere where you're putting on music and like you can just tell no one likes it 
and then you just feel like the asshole for like using it when everyone wants to play like top 40 shit and you're playing like glockamora or whatever like i i don't know i can't i feel like i feel like such a jerk so i i almost never play my music um at work but i never play that with giants because it's like one of those things so it's like i don't play screamo and i don't play like super sad like i don't play like mount eerie and I don't play um, They Might Be Giants. I take my rules. Like I, I'm very selective about what I play at work now. I only play things that I think people will like because I, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that, that's kind of answering your question. Uh, yeah. That I think that's the closest I can say because like I don't really put on They Might Be Giants very often like in my leisure time or whatever. Like it's pretty rare. Sometimes I'll put on like their newer stuff but i've played their old stuff so much like it's it's pretty rare that i'm in like a they might be giants mood but um um some every once in a while i will be but i won't like i, I remember a couple like years ago i put on they might be giants or maybe it wasn't even a couple, I, I, sometime like relatively recently i put on they might be giants at work and it just made me like extremely anxious i was listening to it and i like was suddenly like very aware of how like strange odd and like silly they sound to like average people i guess who don't already know who they are yeah i, I was i, I even played like weaker thans at work and felt like it like brought the mood down a ton you know yeah. and that i wasn't going to be allowed to like pick music anymore at work and i, I felt like i <laughs> yeah. picked that because i thought it'd be the easiest thing to pick yeah yeah you yeah, know, or like, like I, I would you. never go like really deep with stuff, but I, I, you know, it's like, my mind is like, it's hard to even figure out like, what is a more, cause I feel like everyone I work with is like fairly alt, I guess for like the general yeah. sense, but it's still like, it's like, I'm like, so I guess I'll play like, Hey Mercedes or something easier, you yeah. know, but then they're like, you can tell they're not into it. So yeah. yeah. I mean, but when I put, they, they just, might be giants on at work, one person really liked it that's cool <laughs> i i'm scarred for life because one time when i was 19 i like put on captain jazz at work um and uh like people were like what the fuck is this and then i got like i just felt like really i had to unplug my ipod or whatever the fuck i did in 2011 and uh um yeah it yeah, I, like, I even put on like Bell and Sebastian at work because I thought that was gonna uh, that was like the easiest. Oh thing. yeah. And then someone was like, "I feel like I'm gonna fall asleep." <laughs> Dude, people are so fucking. I, oh my gosh, people are so picky. I put on like, I put on, um, like lo-fi hip hop at work one day because I was just like in a bad. I was sort of stressed out and I was like in a bad mood. And I wanted to like listen to something that was like super chill and relaxing. And everyone was like, oh, we're going, we're falling asleep. Uh, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is like the chillest. Everyone likes this. No one doesn't like low high hip hop. Zero people in the world. It's the only good genre of music. There's no one who doesn't like it. And, um, and these people were like, oh yeah, like I put on something else. And then of course I like, you're sure do your whatever and then of course it's just like you know whatever fucking like uh it's like top 40 song or whatever which is fine but it's just like dude it's like you guys do you guys listen to anything else jesus fucking christ yeah, not trying but, to be judgmental or whatever but oh my god like people who only listen to that it's, i'm just like dude how do you i guess like, some people just are like that i just i'll never understand it 
the other day someone asked me um like what do you think about eminem and i'm like i don't i ever don't think i don't think about eminem <laughs> yeah like, ever. like i don't know and i'm like i don't know yeah it's, it's like stuff like that i guess it's like i guess this is you trying to connect with me on something but i don't have anything you know so. that's an interesting question because i feel like that guy is not very relevant anymore yeah um like i don't hear anyone talking about eminem maybe that's what they meant but i was like i don't even have anything to give to you <laughs> like yeah like, like i don't know are they like asking me about like aaron carter like <laughs> what do you think about aaron carter i don't i don't know like yeah um yeah but i don't know i used to, so this is weird because like i feel like i'm coming off as very anti-pop music but i really like pop music um i just listen to more than just pop music and i guess i just don't really understand people who don't personally i guess uh, it's pretty unlikely there's going to be somebody listening to this who's going to be mad that i like don't understand that and i'm not even saying it's bad but that you don't I like aaron don't. carter oh that i just don't <laughs> like i don't understand people who only listen to like whatever like me like you know like top 40 pop music and that's it that's like the dessert that's like all you listen to I don't know. I, I guess I just, I guess I'll just never understand it. Um, well, I think what, what can be weird about it is like, if they seem like a person that engages with music on any level, then it's strange if all they listen to, it'd be like, if you, I don't know, they, like, I guess I'll use Nickelback, which isn't exactly what you're talking about, but, and I know yeah. it's like the punching bag and I, I don't, it's fine when I hear it. Like it's, it's, it doesn't like bum me out as much as I would probably have thought years ago. But what I mean, like, mainly is, like, is, like, you wouldn't really expect someone to go, like, deep and start, like, an, you know, doing, like, an analysis on, like, Nickelback and specific albums. They just kind of listen to it in passing, which I think a lot of people do with, like, pop music. They don't really break it apart. No, totally. Yeah, yeah they just, like, yeah, yeah, they just, like, put it on and, like, oh, this sounds good. And I, I guess it's fine. I just don't get it. I, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not even saying it's bad. I just, I just feel alienated by that mindset because i i it to me it's like incomprehensible it's like people who just say they don't listen to music have you ever met someone like that well i think that's like people that say they don't watch tv you know but you it's like you but then it, the joke like i think a few years ago would be someone that only has a laptop and it's like you were watching things you were essentially using it to what everyone else would do is what we call watching tv yeah know? yeah 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 and that's, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of, yeah, I think it's really similar, but I do think it's different. Cause like, if you say that you, like, if you say you don't watch TV, like that's, that I think that's dishonest, but there are people who literally like don't listen to music. Like they, they don't ever put it on and they don't ever like, like, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> are those like, are those like normal I've seen people i don't know maybe that's like well, when we're like no, oh, normal I I isn't normal normal yeah. isn't yeah normal isn't like a stable category what if that person, is but... normal people like what if the thing we're searching for like whenever we're like oh i wish i was normal like i don't know if you've ever said that but like i have yeah it's like sure. that is what it is though it's like someone who doesn't listen doesn't... to music and just like does one thing a day you know <laughs> i was um i was talking to somebody on like another podcast um who said something along the lines of um, me, that for him, music is a thing that sad people do. And 
maybe you're maybe you're onto something there yeah like uh, maybe only you listen to music if you are just i don't know i don't know but i i i, I try not i try sort of hard not to like uh differentiate between like normies and other people or whatever as far as like you know uh like and as like for is is some type of a way of categorizing individuals mm-hmm. because first of all i just think that's like kind of weird but second of all it doesn't really work it's super context specific like like a, a great way of um talking about this is like someone can be a normie in one way and like super not normie in other ways like because the two communities i see using normie most often or like normal as like a as a way of describing a type of person are like extremely online communities and like um like alt communities like diy punk etc communities so like diy kids would be like oh normies you know don't who don't who don't understand uh my 15 second long power violence song and then um extremely online people will be like oh normies who don't understand my like incomprehensible meme that's like a squiggle line and then like the letter h and then everyone laughs or whatever um like <laughs> those are the two types of people i see using the term normie um and i'm sure other people do it i'm just saying like those groups don't always go hand in hand right like there's people who like laugh at the squiggle line meme but then also listen to like top 40 pop and there's people who like only listen to fucking like Seosin and then also like um <laughs> like don't go on the internet so i don't know yeah i i don't think that normie is a good um well it seems like one of those things where it's like i mean there's a meme that i'm thinking of but i can't contextualize it but it's like essentially there's like a line of people in it and they're all pointing at each other um and, oh like the spider-man meme or whatever <laughs> well that, I mean, that would probably work too, but I think it's kind of like, I think the one is it's almost more used for uh, uh, like native, native people, like people that were born in the U or I guess originated. So native Americans. Right. Um, so I, that's what that, it's not really a meme. It's like a political cartoon, I guess the okay. OG meme. And so <laughs> then the end um, it, it's just like that. So it's almost everyone pointing to each other being like, you know, go home or something, you know, so not really like a great context for this. But essentially, it's like if you kind of do, it's like the Seosin person probably is pointing at like that person that doesn't listen to music and then they're all saying normie or something, you know? So it's like Maybe. a relative <laughs> thing that just goes back that doesn't really like mean anything. But like, I think the meme you're referring to probably is the better example. Like the Maybe. Spider-Man, Spider-Man pointing at each other, calling each other normie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's in different ways. Yeah. Um I don't know. I just like, it's weird because I do use that term, but at the same time, I also don't, I feel bad whenever I say it. I feel like I both, I f- both feel bad and also feel like I come off in a bad way. Um, Cause it's like a somewhat derogatory and essentialist term that like makes someone's like entire life down into like, Oh, they're normal. And it's just like, and then also a lot of times subtextually it's implied like, Oh, and that makes them like less lesser in some way you know they're less interesting or something yeah like that. i i th- here's the thing normies are dope like if, if, if yeah. anybody is listening to this um uh like i love normies they are so much sicker than <laughs> the people give them credit for it's, they're awesome 
Yeah, I think that too, um, maybe it makes it a little bit more serious, but I think it's like, if you look at someone and you call them a normie, you could be like discrediting a lot of like what makes somebody interesting about like their identity, even, you know, like normie is a slur. Yeah. I'm it is. I, I think it, I think it, I think it is like, I think I'm it's kind of bad uh, in, I, in ways that we're talking about. It is bad because like, let's say someone's just going down the street and then like, I don't know, they have things that, I don't know, like, let's say like, it's like someone that outwardly just looks, I guess what we're saying is a normie, but that person, you know, is like queer or, you know, that person like, you know, they, they identify as something that's like, you could just be totally like discrediting a lot about a person just by like, the fact that they're wearing new balances or something. I don't know what the thing I had would be. This, yeah. I had this kind of thing happen to me, not like to me, but like I was, so I were at my restaurant before, before COVID. Um, I was, uh, I was, I work as a waitress and I was like, well, I worked as a waitress. Now, now I'm a line cook, but uh, anyway, I was like serving um, the, these two people and they, they seemed like super, like they're kind of older, like I think like late thirties, early forties. Um, and they were like, like pretty like clean, like a uh, clean shaven kind of like well-presented, like normie looking, like well, well put together looking people. But then I saw that like the guy, uh, it was like, a, it was a couple and the guy had like, um, X's tattooed on his wrist. And I was just like, I, once I noticed that I was like, Oh shit. And then I like started talking to him and we started talking about like straight edge. And then we started about like talking about like, about like punk and all this. Like, I think we started talking about like DC, um, like discord records and shit. It was like really cool. And I was like, damn, I never would have thought that you were like into this stuff. I don't think that like it's judgmental. I mean, he, he like was like, yeah, you know, people wouldn't assume it because of the way that I look. Cause he's like very like dressed as super normal, but like, I don't know. I think it's just the way people dress is super up to them. And like most people, like if they, you know, are comfortable with how they're looking, like they're usually cool with like, like if someone's dressing like super quote unquote normal or normie or whatever, um, but they're like comfortable with it. Like, I think they usually are okay with like, you know, people being like not knowing that they're super alt or whatever uh, in their like personal lives. I, you know, and that's cool too. Um, I, I like your idea though that normie is a slur <laughs> that's Definitely. a joke don't yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll quote you on it okay all right yeah uh it'll be the uh i'll do the little soundbite thing for like podcasts and it's just like that <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if it makes for like interesting but are they do they come across well on twitter do they like seem to actively use it or um, they do this thing that I think is really cute where um, whenever they tweet, they always preface the tweet with either JF or JL. <laughs> so like the, the two Johns. Yeah. Um, and um, I just think that's adorable. I love knowing which one is saying what, although like they're very boomer, obviously. I mean, like they're both like in their 60s. Uh, they're literally older than my parents. <laughs> so and my dad is really bad at Twitter. <laughs> I do not follow my dad. <laughs> he follows me, but I don't follow him back. I hope that yeah, he just every once this. in a while it'll pop up or I'll kind of be scrolling and it's like I, I don't think it's called people you know on Twitter, but I guess it's like people it's you subjected. have like 
yeah like yeah. contacts with or something and it'll be a family member and i'm like they're on twitter like what the fuck like i don't yeah, want to block block immediately yeah, like no <laughs> yeah because like i don't want them to ever see anything i post on on here <laughs> yeah following family on twitter i follow my older brother and my um younger stepbrother but um that's basically it for family members i follow yeah um but my older brother is an artist like he's um my older brother makes vaporwave music okay. and so i follow his like vaporwave account um i <laughs> it's really funny he's like i love reading um he's so he, he makes favorite music under the name um, Groceries. Uh, it's like Groceries in Korean and then Groceries in English. And I, he's like, he, he's like kind of big in Vaporwave. I guess he's considered underrated, but like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm so outside of this community, but like people like go crazy for his like album called Yes, We're Open. And um it's um it's so sick i love like um going on youtube or going on like twitter and like looking up groceries and just reading people talking about how much they like his album it makes me feel like it makes me so happy because i just love knowing that my brother is like successful um i love my brother he's like my favorite person i'm gonna look it up but yeah i i wouldn't say that i know really anything about uh vaporwave um oh i don't either yeah <laughs> but that i mean that's gotta be great um yeah, I'm trying. I don't think there's nothing of note that anyone in my family has done, or maybe that they told me that they've done. I did notice that recently. I was looking on Instagram and noticed my dad didn't follow me on Instagram, um, and you know, but sick. then I saw that he followed my brother, and I was Not like, sick. ooh, yeah. But then noticed that my brother also followed him, so I was like, you know, probably that's probably on me. But I didn't, and then I didn't go follow my dad because I was like you know he can he can come to me yeah he follows yeah. me first then maybe we'll see what's going on yeah yeah make him earn yeah. it yeah <laughs> so follow for follow <laughs> yeah follow for follow with my dad also i didn't want to like yeah yeah so if i followed my dad then it would make my follower or who i'm following go higher and i'm already like trying to get it under control you know yeah 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 and so like i might yeah, have these, these things are really super duper important yeah you gotta make sure that you're um followers to following ratio it's just like because like otherwise what will people think about you on twitter and instagram you know yeah. <laughs> especially really... my dad i think my dad oh yeah like, lose a lot of respect yeah me. yeah it might disown you <laughs> <laughs> oh man um do you know actually i don't even know why i'm asking this question do you know if either of the johns have families of their own yeah they have children Oh, okay i wonder what like their children think of like their parents band i have no idea <laughs> i know i i can only imagine they probably think it's so cringe like um they i think like i don't know because i feel like i feel like that's the impulse that i feel like most kids would have but then i've met people like um billy joe armstrong's kid um because I played with uh, his band, um, and uh, Ultra Q, I think it was the name of the band, and uh, like, they're really, uh, 
like they seem like super stoked on their parents and the, like they got into music and everything. And I think that's really cool. Um, but it goes against what I would imagine because what I imagine is like kids just hate everything their parents do. Yeah. Like Kevin Bacon's son, um, uh, some of my friends, like Kevin Bacon's son used to play in a crust band called uh, Terror Level Red. And uh, anytime that people would figure it out, he would get really mad if you kind of brought up that his dad was Kevin Bacon. But I guess that's slightly different. But I'm even trying to think of like cool bands that are probably like our parents' age generally that, you know, if they had kids, like, would they feel cool about it? Like I, if my dad was like in Descendants or something, you know, it'd probably be you know, like- my, my ex, um, my ex's dad was in a band called, um, oh my God. Uh, fuck. I'm so, whenever I go on podcasts, my brain stops working. I have the same thing. Um, my ex's dad wrote the song hanging on the telephone. Why does that sound familiar? Um, the nerves, the nerves. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The nerves. Yeah. He was like the songwriter for like the nerves and like, they like tour to like the Ramones. So like, and he like still tours. Um, yeah. It is. I know that my ex like felt had like mixed feelings about it. Um, and like didn't tell me for a long time about that. Like, and then like when I did find out it wasn't like a big deal, like, they were never like, oh, my dad wasn't a famous rock band. You know what I mean? Like, I think they were like a little bit weirded out by it. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but um, yeah, so I guess I, like, yeah, I, I guess since we probably should go through some of the songs, but I feel like a lot of the songs on uh, this specific, uh, they might be giants record. Like when, when you hear, <clears throat> when you hear the name of the song, you almost get like the main hook you know, yeah. for an fun yeah. flood, like, you know, uh, well, Istanbul, definitely, but, you know, theme from flood, which is just like an intro and then birdhouse in your soul, you know, uh, lucky ball and chain, you know, yeah. the first line. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you were looking at like the track list, I feel like it's like, I wonder what this song is about. And then it's, it's usually like what the name of the song is, but what is interesting, I think about, I think that's wrong, actually. I disagree. <laughs> but what I think, what I think was interesting for me, it's just, they're able to like throw in uh, a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have expected, but what were you? So I would say that not like most of the songs like um, aren't actually about like birdhouse in your soul is not about a birdhouse in your soul. And I would say that like um, Lucky Ball and Chain is not about like a ball and chain. Like obviously Lucky Ball and Chain is about a woman. Uh, it's about a relationship. Um, Birdhouse and Your Soul, no one knows what that song is about to my knowledge. Um, I, I don't know what that song's about. So, but it might maybe, maybe it is about a Birdhouse and Your Soul. But um, uh, like hearing aid, like, I, a lot of the songs are metaphorical. Um, I, they might be trying to song, they're all sad, which is what I love about them. Um, and uh, I would say like that uh, most of their songs um, kind of hide how, like how like their, their emotional depth through like their sort of like presentation and like a lot of metaphor and everything. Yeah. Um, I don't think that most of the songs, like if you look at the title are actually about what the song is called or even what they say in the chorus. Yeah, and that, that's mainly what I meant. Like, if you were just going off of the chorus, like, you know, that does sound like, but there, there is a lot that they kind of, like, put 
into songs that I was thinking like if you, like you said you probably heard of when you were like 12 or so there's like so much that you can kind of glean from the song without almost like realizing you're getting that information you know mm-hmm. out of the song like I think about like even it doesn't I mean it's not it doesn't feel like cool to me but as a kid I was like really into like no effects you know and there were like a lot of concepts that I feel like I got from it that have carried through you know with liking like punk music yeah that you know might have been I might be getting more from it than they were giving I don't think that's the case with they might be giants uh but like it's it's interesting that you can kind of like learn things without really knowing you know as a kid and then kind of as you're older or then you're probably you're realizing like how much they kind of packed into these songs yeah 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 for sure um that's a band I never really listened to but I should um yeah I definitely as a kid I don't think I really totally grasped some of the songs by the Denver Giants although I do think that I do think that um I kind of got it more than like for example my dad did because my dad hated the Mummy Giants and like when my brothers and I would play them he would get really upset <laughs> he'd be like no <laughs> he's not playing this this is so annoying um so yeah did you ever uh, have a like ska phase when you were younger yes I did okay and because I wonder that like as I feel like someone that likes ska could not that they might be giants or obviously not a ska band but I feel like they have horns I mean like like I like sometimes I mean like I was when you said ska what I mean popped into my head was um your racist friend the yeah. song because that song has like a a part that's like a got this like really cool horn solo yeah that song is like really crazy um I was like listening to it like a, an hour or two ago um and I feel like when I was a kid like I was like oh cool like whatever but I feel like as, like as I've gotten older um I feel like that song's like hit more and more with like every passing year like I don't know like <laughs> I I don't know it's just like I listened to it as a kid and I was like yeah like, I, you know I get it but like now like I, I listen to I listen to it just now and I was just like damn this is in the 90s like yeah. holy fuck like Jesus Christ yeah it's like it, 1990 and they're writing a song like that which I, I feel like even if you it were still holds out today like, yeah. you could write that song today and it would be like the same thing yeah, like yeah. that and like, you know, minimum wage, you know, I feel like there's uh, like yeah. these sneak little like messages that they're throwing into uh, that, that well, I feel like. Your racist friend isn't very sneaky. It's well, the name of the song. <laughs> but like to a 19, I feel like there's like to a 1990 person, there's like something that they could get like differently out of it, you know, and it almost like goes over your head. They were so catchy that sometimes I feel like some of the things can you can digest easier than like something didactic being like thrown at you yeah yeah so um uh yeah uh yeah i don't know like these songs are so crazy i'm looking (laughs) at them right now i I love this album 19 songs what the hell dude yeah and it's i have i put it on an album with nine songs so yeah what do you have to say about that they might be giants well and it's and, uh it's like 43 or so minutes long 40 it says 43 minutes on spotify yeah and so for the time 
that's not that why with 19 songs and being 43 minutes that's not that bad because um like some of the records i've been doing like if it's like pre-2005 it's like every record's like around like 45 minutes but with this much in it i'm like that you know kind of makes sense like you know all the songs are so short yeah 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 um they always that's one thing they always did that i like that never affected like my songwriting or whatever because um so like the thing about they might be giants is like they really affected me musically um but um there's some things obviously like that i never adopted so like um like i don't ever i I never wrote like funny lyrics like they have they like use humor a lot in their songs and like absurdity um and i never do that um although i like it when they do it i just never do it um like i was gonna i was gonna make a joke and be like hot cha on this album is the most emotionally deep deep song that they've ever written um (laughs) um which is a joke obviously if anyone's heard that song but um like, you know, so it's, but like when I, when I, when I say that, like, that I'm doing this has influenced me. I mean, there's so many things like one is like the way that John Linnell, um, specifically John Linnell, um, like does chord progressions and like, um, uh, like puts like the way that he uses chords and then I, and build songs off of those chord progressions, the variations he adds in like, uh, chord progressions and also the way that he structures vocal melodies around um, chord progressions is all very like influential to me and um, also I, I think I think I subconsciously like kind of started to learn how to sing from listening to them because I to this day I listen to them and I'm like okay I can kind of hear some similarities in like the way that I sing and like the way that they sing like obviously mine's pretty different stylistically but it's they're both like kind of nasal uh I don't know. I, I feel like I can't even help it. Like I just learned how to sing because I listened to them so much and I'd sing, sing along to them. Uh, that's another way that I feel like they were really like, I, I don't know. I feel like if like whenever I say the Mama Giants is like one of my favorite bands, I feel like, you know, if someone just like listens to like the soul in bed, it's like not that obvious. Um, but also the band name is literally a the Mama Giants reference. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes, too, though, whenever you're, like, influenced by something, or I guess influence isn't even really the right word, it's, like, you may just kind of know that you're going to, like, go, it may cause you to, like, go a different direction musically, too, you know, like, sometimes I think about, like, how much I like, like, I don't know, like, metal, let's say, but it's, like, I don't play metal, and I probably never yeah. will, yeah. you know, it's almost like you respect it so much that you don't, exactly do it that way like it influences you to kind of just do your own thing you know um totally. i would i would say you know especially yeah. with you know probably not having like short songs yeah so yeah like you brought up bell and sebastian and like i love bell and sebastian and like we've covered a bell and sebastian song before but i like could never play music that was like bell and sebastian um do you know what i mean yeah and i think that that's like i think it's there's been a thing where as i get older it's like something where i'm like that's that's fine you know it would be it would probably be like bad if i tried to try to sound like you know it's like i know how i naturally write music yeah like 
yeah like it, it'd be like if bill and sebastian tried to write like something some like screamo emo rock record like it'd probably be terrible um or maybe it'd be good i don't know but um yeah like yeah there's a lot of like um uh like just like following like a lot of being an artist i feel like is like just like figuring out like not really like not like not being like oh i like you know i want to make this kind of music you know it's more just like you feel compelled to make a certain type of thing and then you just kind of do it like i joke around about like um i like this one bad being like i, I i've made like <laughs> the like the Bandcamp tag for our album was extremo or whatever yeah which i think is really funny um but like i don't even really see us as a purely emo band or anything like i would never in my life like um be like oh we can't do this song it doesn't sound emo enough you know what i mean like i i would never do that i would never turn down a song because of that it just has to like fit like in the sense that i think it's good and and it, I, I can feel compelled to do it um yeah yeah i mean uh, i feel like it's like if you by nature just kind of writing naturally to me it would always be awake but still in bed if, you, if you're if you're attached to it then it's just always gonna kind of come out that way i think sometimes people think that you know they sound like one song to another sounds more different than it really does and i'm not saying like you specifically but also sometimes if it does sound slightly different it's like you're still playing with potentially like the same people or still involves you so yeah. it's still gonna be like a certain way and that that's that's great you know it's like just kind of learning what your own voice is you yeah. know um like you know and i guess i'm kind of like building towards like another tangent but like I tell people like, hey, don't try and be like this band. You know, it's like if you start playing music and you're writing new metal songs just naturally, I guess that's what you play, you know, or like or whatever genre. It's like yeah. be your authentic self, you know. Totally. Yeah. I I feel that because I feel like um I I I feel like um like sometimes I feel a little anxiety about like um the I'm without going too crazy with into detail um the, there's a kind of a wide variety of types of music explored in new awake facility material and i don't necessarily mean like you know we've got like fucking electronic drums in every song or something but like we you know some songs are like really like really heavy and like screaming and like loud and some songs are really soft and like acoustic and quiet and uh like you know most like i'm not saying like that's like you know unheard of or whatever but i think most bands don't do that you know most um and sometimes i feel weird like i should you know like try to be more consistent um but i think it actually does blend together decently um just because like i feel compelled to do them both and it's both my voice and both my songwriting and it feels like the same world to me so i think other people will get it yeah i mean i i I wish, well, I don't know if more people have that thing, you know, but I feel like that isn't always the way, like a lot of people that I guess in our scene, like approach their songwriting, but I think that's like a big positive, you know, to like songwriting. I feel like more people should kind of like explore songwriting that way, you know, not like this should go to my other project or just kind of like write the way you're going to write. And then it's just going to come out that way. And, that, you know, and be like comfortable with that. But I also think that that's, 
ends up making for like better albums yeah than just like oh this starts in this key or whatnot you know so i don't really know like I don't know what other people's processes are, but and so like there's maybe some people write really amazing records that way. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it. Uh, yeah, most of the people who I talk to who are songwriters that I really look up to, kind of I would say I guess have a similar outlook. Yeah, um, you know, so so it can seem like a weird thing to kind of like ask people like, when can we expect it? You know, so I definitely get that a lot though. Like I get asked about LP two um and like all i ever say to people is just like it's coming i mean it is like i i've listened to lp2 several times um in demo form we haven't recorded it or anything but um and i'm excited about it but i think it's a combination of just like a million factors that i don't really want to get into with and also like pandemic and everything um just kind of makes it hard I, I can say this because this will have already happened. Um, we are putting out like this little EP um, of like things I recorded um, that things I've been recording during quarantine. And um, actually one of them is coming out in like two days. Um, I took a song I recorded for a Christmas comp and I like, wrote a new song. Um, and um, I literally can't put as, as of December 15th, 2020, I can't put the EP on Spotify because I am afraid of legal action <laughs> being taken against me because I'm still in contract. So um, due to awesome and great circumstances, <laughs> I am going to be putting the EP out on Bandcamp only. So yeah. It's a bummer though, because I'm actually really happy with some of the songs on it. Yeah, uh, they're they're all just songs that don't fit on either of our two uh, planned upcoming releases. So I just thought it'd be cute to have something come out during the pandemic, because you know people people have been asking me for songs, and like I have songs, you know, and like I'm just sick of like sitting on my hands, like I feeling like I can't do anything, like I can't, you know, I can't have band practices regularly. I can't, we can't play shows, so people can't hear the new songs that way um we i i can't release anything until i figure out what the fuck is going on and like until literally until Ch i don't even care about saying this publicly chuck doesn't until chuck starts responding to my fucking texts because chuck from tiny engines has not been responding to my texts for an entire year um <laughs> i am so mad about it i yeah it's actually well it's and i i don't feel weird uh, my partner, um, she is actually was in a Tiny Engines band too, and they can't. What, what band? Uh, they're they're called Faye. Okay. And, yeah, and so they put out an EP, and then they re re recorded um, an LP. But essentially, originally, I think it was supposed to be on Tiny Engines, and that stuff fell apart. But they were already like in motion to do an LP, so they're like, "There's no Tiny Engines, but we want to." So they don't know what they're going to do with their LP. You know, yeah. but, you know, but even like with their EP stuff, they can't like, they're like, Hey, can you like release it on like even Bandcamp and stuff so we can like relist it or like whatever needs to be done. So the money doesn't go to you, you know, it's like, can you respond yeah. to my email so we can like, dude, I know yeah. it sucks because yeah, I, I, I could talk about this forever, but yeah, it just really sucks. And so like that, um, 
that whole situation just like is so demoralizing because I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm trying to figure it out. Let me know in the comments below yeah. <laughs> what I should do. I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I live in the same town as yeah, you and do. yeah. And um, I, I wouldn't say I didn't want to start it being like, I, he's my friend, but it's like, I haven't talked to him since everything fell through and I didn't know any of the stuff before it came out and like not even like a peep of it and like I used to go yeah I used to go to to their house to help them pack orders and stuff and uh and like I consider like Chuck a fairly good friend like we would talk about label stuff together because I run a small label and he runs a more successful label you know and so like so we were we were buds you know like and he signed uh Sarah's band and all that stuff and like i'm really good friends with carl from museum mouth who works for I them love carl. You know? yeah, I love and, carl. yeah and like we put out their record and you know stuff like that so it's like so it, it's been like a weird thing to be kind of even in the middle of it well hey if you see him um tell him to respond to my email please <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, no. So anyway, that so you know, all of that stuff that we just talked about that some of it may have been edited out. Um, all of that basically just means that like this EP that that by the time this is out, will we'll have been out for like a month. Um, it yeah, it's like just not going on streaming at all, and uh, and it's frustrating. But uh, I'm at least happy that we're putting something out. I'm pretty happy about that. I feel like people have been pretty receptive to uh, things that are just going on Bandcamp right now too. So back to you. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that the uh, Bandcamp Friday thing was only on select Fridays. So I selected the day that I was going to put out the EP to be on a Friday. And I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be sick. And then I was like, oh shit, it's only on select Fridays. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, um, Speaking of EPs, there's this band called They Might Be Giants that had a lot of EPs. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But well, do they have a lot of EPs? They do, actually. And that's not even a joke. The first time I ever learned about an EP was from They Might Be Giants, being a kid and listening to They Might Be Giants EPs. And I was like, what the hell is an EP? And I looked it up. That's like a, the crazy thing about bands like them or when I was mentioning Guided by Voices earlier, it's like, it's like when you look at it, like Guided by Voices says like 30 some albums, you know, and um, but if you also include the EPs, it's like, what is that, like 100 albums completely, you know, like they might be giants or something like that, where it's almost probably like 60 some releases, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's like, I mean, like the EPs have some good stuff on them, too. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy. I used to be pretty like firmly anti-EP. Like, so I was really pro-EP and then I had like a, an anti-EP arc and now I'm like kind of ambivalent. Um, when I say that, I don't mean that like in some serious way. What I mean is like, I was pretty sure that this band was never really going to do EPs because um, I figured like any songs that um, I wrote would be better suited on like an album and I, I just like albums more but um there's two things that happened one um i wrote i wrote some a lot of songs and a bunch of them don't fit on an album that we have planned so rather than put them on the back burner for forever um i think they actually go together pretty well so i'm putting them on an ep and the other thing is 
the cool thing about EPs is that if you put a song that's on an EP onto an LP, most people don't care <laughs> or yeah. even notice. Um, like literally, um, I think it's two songs from um, uh, Joyce Manor's first EP ended up on their first album, right? And like that band, uh, the 1975 puts out EPs and then like, they had, they had like a million EPs when they were first starting out. And then like a bunch of those songs ended up on their albums. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like EPs are not as cringe as I thought they were. They're, yeah. they're, they're cool. Yeah. I feel like I like them because I feel like when I was coming up in, you know, kind of punk and started like touring like a lot of like fast punk bands put out eps but that's also just the nature of how short the songs were and then like a lot of bands had like really cool like split seven inches so i feel like i you know just kind of like pine for that era of wanting you know more splits but i'm not like in a band that probably should be doing like split releases like that yeah like once i got once i got into the punk like bands um i like at the drive-in is a band where like you know i listened to like their splits i listened to like their eps um and i liked them a lot when i was younger so those were like really influential to me uh and then also like bands in the scene like obviously joyce matter had an ep uh that i thought was really good in like 2011 i still think it's good but that's like when i found out about it and then there's like yeah, like oh, I mean, back back in like like the emo revival time of like 2011 to like 2014, I feel like everyone was doing EPs all the time. It was like you had to do an EP first, you know. You did your EP, and then you did your LP, and then you did another EP, and then you did your LP. Like that was like the format, and like all the bands I was in did that too. But I was in bed. I kind of just circumvented that. I was like, fuck that. Yeah, like, we're just gonna do an LP. Fuck it. Like I got all the songs. So we're just gonna drop this LP. And I think that was actually a good move, to be honest. Uh, maybe if we did an EP, we could have like spent more time culminating like a fan base. But uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I think I think for you all specifically, and I think it can work this way for other bands. Like, since you came out of the gate with the full length record, like it kind of feels like it gives you an excuse to like kind of work hard around, or at least that's what you all did. So it was like you came out of the gates just like going, you know. <laughs> And you just didn't stop. Yeah, know? people people were like, "Who the hell is this band? And why are they touring all year? <laughs> <laughs> why are they on a what five week? Well, that one five week tour. Dude, yeah. it was more than five weeks. <laughs> oh my god, it was um eleven weeks. Oh okay, all right. Yeah, it was insane. That um, was that when we met, or was uh, I think we probably did around there, and yeah, we we would have met around then. Okay. Yeah. People. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was still still insane to look at. Actually, uh, in anticipation of this, I pulled out that flyer and just like, even just kind of like how much text, you know, is on it. <laughs> like it's yeah, just like- Yeah, I, I remember when we put it out, people were like, I can't read this because the text is too small. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can't fit the dates on all the- <laughs> Yeah, I think, I guess it might've been because you tweeted, I think you tweeted recently about that. You were like, wake up, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the meme. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you mean, 2020? <laughs> Come on, guys. I got to drive to fucking, I don't know, Nebraska or something. Nebraska. <laughs> uh, do you we feel like you would go. do, do you feel like you would do uh, a tour like that again? 
no nope <laughs> but um well okay so when i say that i say no i wouldn't do a uh tour like that again i would do a tour that long again but i wouldn't do it all in the united states yeah um the reason being is that um so I really liked being on that tour. I, I had a great time for most of it. There was some like, you know, fighting and there were some moments where we'd be like, holy fuck, we have been on tour for literally two and a half months. Like this is insane. Um, I remember at one point I got a picture, um, like someone sent me a picture. I was like, oh, I, I got this picture of you at your Portland show. And I was like, oh yeah, that was great. That was two months ago. And we are still on tour. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, that was the craziest tour I've ever done, but, um, I, there was, okay. So that tour was, um, the problems with it were, uh, that we would play like four shows within two hours of each other, which doesn't make any sense. Like, but I didn't know that that didn't make any sense because I was a little baby and I didn't know anything about like, like us tours. Like I had toured the west coast and in the west coast people will do things like play three shows in la area like they'll play like program skate and sound and they'll play like bridge sound diy and they'll play somewhere in long beach or they'll play like you know what i mean like like they'll play a bunch of places in like within la area or they'll like play like downtown la and like orange county and they're very different scenes like i mean yeah is that on our west coast tour and it's like it's just a world away. Like people will not travel to from LA to Fullerton. You know, it's like exactly in those, and they're like an hour away. But in other parts of the country, that is not the case. Like you don't have to play both Phoenix and Tucson. You don't have to play like on the same tour. You don't have to play like Boston and Providence and Lowell and East Hampton, which we did all of those. Like it was cool. And I think um, there's at least one person who has told me like, I probably shouldn't be complaining about doing that because I have at least one person who told me that it was cool to see us like three or four times in like a week. But um, I don't think most people, unless they're like super fans or super are going to like, are going to do that for a band. So um, uh like I just wouldn't do that now. I'd like play like one show and then like, call it a day. Like the people will will come if they care. And like um, I just don't like I was under this idea that I had to bring the show to every possible person. And it's like that was cool at the time, I guess. But um, nowadays it's like the people who are invested they'll come out and like you know if they don't they'll they'll come out next time. You know, and it's just like I don't know. I just. Uh, I would rather, I would do two and a half months if we were touring like the UK and Europe and like Mexico and also the United States. And we, and we did it all within like a three month period. I would do that. And I might do that, you know, when touring comes back and we put out another album, but we'll see. I love touring, but yeah, just like that. It wasn't so much that I couldn't handle it. It was that it started to feel redundant. Yeah. Like play so many shows so close together but i think to and i guess to kind of like uh, close things up uh i i do have an idea and you can have it i didn't make up this idea uh okay. and they might be giants made it up um okay. so what you should do to drop your ep since you're not really sure um, dial a song dial song yeah dial a song uh so okay. yeah set up a phone number 
and you can call into it and you can hear a new awake but still in bed song i guess whatever the frequency is i don't want to say every day because that kind of puts you on the spot but i think this is a great idea yeah um it's a little outdated but um but kids might like that yeah you know just uh <laughs> it would actually be kind of cute because it would be so outdated like um you call on like a, like a cell phone you know like like when you it's like why would you release it that way when you could just like release it on like literally youtube or whatever like back then they didn't have these channels so now it's like you're literally doing it even though you could be doing it on that just for the fun of it yeah but i feel um that is cute i wonder if there's a way i could make the ep like um I could do something fun with it, at least like that. Probably not like the phone call, but I wonder if I could do like, one thing that I like is that we have a discord server and I I like being able to talk to people on there. It's cool. Um, and I, I thought about like maybe leaking the discord, the, the, um, the EP like early in there or something like that. Um, uh, of course, if anyone is in the discord server and they're listening to it and they and i didn't do that i'm sorry i, I must have had, i must have had a change of heart um <laughs> anyway yeah it's cute yeah i i i don't think that much about how to do cool album rollouts like i usually put so much time into like the touring and the and the um and the, and the writing aspect but like the release part doesn't really ever cross my mind i'm just like oh, someone else will figure that out for me um I should probably try to be more creative with it. <laughs> but well, I mean, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, um, you know, about They Might Be Giants. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about They Might Be Giants on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Um, but where can people find you online? I am on social media, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I sometimes post on Facebook and Instagram. I tweet a lot. Um, and we're on Bandcamp and Spotify and all the major streaming stuff. And uh, we should have stuff happening in, in 2020 and 2021. So, yeah, check it out. And also, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you. Are you stuck at home and need new records, but it doesn't feel safe to venture out, or you don't want to support big box stores? Go to lunchboxrecords.com for the best new releases and a whole lot more. If you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can do safe pickup, but if you live elsewhere in the United States, they'd be happy to ship to you. At checkout, just enter discount code SPINNINGOUT for 10% off. Come on, you love new music, so trust me, it's easy. Welcome back. Thanks again to Shannon Taylor of Awake But Still In Bed. So please pick up that new EP and hopefully in the near future, the new LP. It's a blast speaking with Shannon. Okay, next week we're chatting with Greg Pollard of Where It Went Podcast about Joshua Tree by U2. Check out Where It Went Podcast and Greg's other pod, Something To Do, in which they dig into Husker Do and The Replacement. Also, Greg's old band 1UP has a discography LP coming out this year on Hell-Minded Records. Like I mentioned at the top, we have a brand new Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. As low as $1 a month, or $3, or even $5, or there's even a $20 tier. So still working out some of the kinks, 
but you can find some premium episodes and also we are putting up episodes a week early. We are working on premium content exclusive to the Patreon feed, so definitely subscribe now and you will get your money's worth. Alright, so on top of that, please check us out on Twitter and Instagram, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and keeping me, you know, just generally organized, and pretty Maddie for the theme. On that note, hit the theme! <laughs>